and said, Oh, I take it your dad sent you out with the dog this morning and then because it's too cold? <laughs> what? He said, your dad sent you out with the dog? I said, oh, no, I'm the dad, but thanks anyway. So, um, must be this new haircut. I'm going to get it cut like this all the time. <laughs> it's good to see you here this morning. We have a few missing this morning, but it's good to see the ones that are here in the cold. And Happy New Year to everybody. How many times have we said that already since Friday, well, Thursday night, Friday morning? Happy New Year. Perhaps, uh, I'm sure we've said it dozens and dozens of times uh, to, to everyone that we've met and everyone that we're acquainted with, perhaps even through uh, a telephone call or something like that. There may be some that we have said that to that we might even have elaborated on it. We might, not just, we, we might have heard many and said Happy New Year. There may be some where we have lingered a little bit longer and given them some kind of special wish for the new year, some kind of special uh, words, some kind of thoughtful words, something specific that we might hope for them for the new year. It might be to do with the fact that we know what's, going, what's gone on in their lives in the last year. It might be what we know, it may be because we know of something that's going to be coming up in their lives this year. So perhaps we will have a few special words for them. Even if we've not said it in person, there may be some that we've sent a New Year's card and we've written some special message in there. It may be that we've uh, emailed someone that we don't see, someone that lives far away from us, and we've said some special words that go beyond just the normal Happy New Year. Maybe we've left a message for someone on Facebook or something like that. But how many times have we wished someone a Happy New Year but going that little bit further, being that little bit more serious, had some words for someone that meant that little bit more, or maybe even a lot more, than just a happy new year. Along with those happy new year wishes that we offer to those that we know and uh, often love, we, are, we at the same time are perhaps in the habit of making new year resolutions. We mentioned that at the, at the Hugmanay party for those of us who were here. And we, we mentioned the fact that when we make those resolutions, those are, they are like commitments. They are commitments. They're commitments that we make to ourselves usually. Now, it may be that uh, others may benefit from those commitments. It may be that others might uh, enjoy a better life or a better relationship with us because of something that we have resolved to do in 2010. But generally, they are commitments to ourselves or about ourselves. They tend to be very personal that way. They're very specific New Year wishes that we make for ourselves. Not for others that were wishing a happy new year. This is what I want for me in 2010. Whether it be to uh, eat less, whether it be to exercise more, whether it be to give up smoking or something like that, you know. Eyes going wide at the back there. That uh, we make those kind of commitments to ourselves. And they're usually, they're usually more serious than just the happy new years that we might wish for someone else. And of course depending on who we are and depending on how much a situation bothers us or depending on how uh, difficult a situation might be, there will be different levels of commitment that we will experience in those resolutions that we make. You may be more committed to your resolution than I am to mine. You may have made more than one resolution and you may be more committed to one than you are to the other. But generally, overall, those resolutions, as we call them, are more serious than the good, the good wishes that we perhaps offer to those around us at New Year. So what I want to think about this morning is, what about being more serious 
about those, those New Year wishes that we wish for those around us, that we wish for those that we love, that we wish for those that we're even just acquainted with. What about being more serious about them? What about being more serious about those New Year wishes to the extent that we're as serious about them as, as, as we are, or perhaps even more serious about them than we are about the resolutions that we make for ourselves? The New Year wishes not for ourselves, but for others. So the question would be then, if it's going to go further than just hugging someone and wishing them a happy new year, if it's going to go further than just maybe even saying some nice words, but actually being serious about it, actually meaning it, actually committing ourselves as we would to a resolution, or hopefully even more so, committing ourselves to not only wishing that person something specific or something good for the new year, but actively doing something about it. Perhaps we might look for some profound words. Perhaps we might look for some words that are of great meaning. Perhaps we might look for some words that really dig deep into the, the life of that person that we wish them for. And we might look maybe even for someone who can express those words better than ourselves, maybe in the words of a song or in the words of a poem. Perhaps we might try and think up some words of beauty, some words that really stir the emotion, some words that really get them going, some words that really get that person to think as well as, as, well as the thinking that we do about it. Some thought-provoking words like that. I found, I looked up some New Year wishes, I found this one by a, a lady called Lenny Buttercup. And it's called This Is My Wish For You. And it's a good New Year wish if you want to, to wish something for someone. This is my wish for you. Comfort on difficult days, smiles when sadness intrudes, rainbows to follow the clouds, laughter to kiss your lips, sunsets to warm your heart, hugs when spirits sag, beauty for your eyes to see, friendships to brighten your being, faith so that you can believe, confidence for when you doubt, courage to know yourself, patience to accept the truth, and love to complete your life. I thought that was beautiful words. I thought that's, that's a New Year wish that I would wish for someone that I love that's far better than, it, than, than I would be able to say it. Than, than, far better than the words that I would be able to come up with. Beautiful words. But the problem is that if we're not careful, then those beautiful words, if you, you maybe even write them down and give them to someone in a card, or, or you know, write them out in some kind of special writing and give them it in some kind of wee scroll or frame or gift or something, something that will really make them appreciate those words that you've given to them, but if we're not careful, as beautiful as, as, beautiful as those words are, they could become the perfect example of the, the be ye warmed and filled principle that we find in James chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. Where someone, where we see a brother or a sister or someone that we love and know that, that is in need, and, we, and James says to them, that we say to them, be ye warmed and filled. And then we go on our way. That we see someone of our congregation or of our family or of our acquaintances of our friends who really needs something and we say to them well I hope that turns out well for you and then we go on our way and we don't do anything about it assuming that we can do something about it it would be like it would be like Megan coming up coming, coming in here and she's been outside in the snow and she's fallen and she's gashed her knee and it's pouring the blood and she comes running up and I'm going out the door and I'm the first one she sees her ah she's crying Adam my knee is gashed it's running, it's running blood and of course I can see that and I say to her well I, I hope that works out well for you I hope, I, hope, I hope you get that scene too what good is that to her? 
It's useless. And James actually says that. What good is that? It's useless. And if we're not careful, these beautiful words, even that we might offer someone to wish them a happy new year, and we were saying it Friday night, Thursday night, Friday morning, we were wishing everyone a happy new year, and it just trips off the tongue, it rolls off the tongue. How serious about it were we? And for those who perhaps have written those three extra words, how serious about it are we? Because we should be. How about being as serious about those wishes as we are about the resolutions that we make for ourselves? You see, when, when we wish someone a happy new year, we, we should mean it, obviously. If perhaps we're more specific and we, we say some words in some specific way about how we hope their new year is good or great or better, certainly than 2009, for the Christian, and what I want, us to, want, want to encourage us to do this morning is to make that more than just a wish. More than just wishing someone a happy new year. I want you to, to think about deciding on some specifics about someone in some way that, that, that you hope their, their new year is happy, that their new year is better, that their new year is great, that their new year is blessed, that their new year is productive. And once you've thought about what these specifics are, then I want you think, to think about doing something about it. I want you to think about committing yourself to doing what you can to make sure that person's new year, 2010, is better in the way that you hope it is, in the way that you've said you hope it is. So what? What can we do about it? Go back to our text in Colossians chapter 1. Paul's writing to the church here in Colossae, to his brethren, to fellow Christians, and he says to them in verse 3, We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Paul told them, all the time we pray for you. Constantly. Maybe every day. We talk about you in our prayers. When we go to God in prayer, we talk about the Christians in Colossae. Look at verse 9. Through to verse 11. He's heard about their great faith. In verse 9 he says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask, and here he gets specific, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. This is what he's asking for. To please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. He says to the brethren in Colossae, first of all, we pray for you all the time. Then in verses 9 through 11, he says, by the way, this is what we're praying for you. And I believe he was. I don't believe those were just empty words. Remember, uh, several months ago, seeing a cartoon of a man who was walking along the street, and he sees his brother coming along the street towards him. His brother's name's Bob. And you see the man thinking, oh no, here comes Bob. I said I would be praying for him. Dear God, please, dear God, please help Bob. Hey Bob, what are you doing being praying for you? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being serious. About praying for one another, and doing everything that we can to make sure that 2010 is better for us than 2009 was. As good as it might have been. If, if it was a good year, if we were blessed that year. Talking about being serious. Talking about being committed. 
That's what Paul was doing. This was serious from Paul. This wasn't just, I hope you have a good year. Hope things are going well with the church there. He was serious. He was specific. He was committed. This was real. What was going on here? He was praying for them. That things would be great for them. For the Christian, it is not just about good wishes. It's not just about giving someone our best wishes. We'll see that maybe at the end of a letter, especially at this time of year, or on a Christmas card. Best wishes for the season. Best wishes for 2010. For the Christian, it's not just about best wishes. It is about, this is what I am going to ask God to give you. This is what I'm going to ask God in 2010 to give to, to do for you. And I'm going to keep on asking him, until it happens. I'm going to keep on asking him until he answers. Even if the answer is no, I suppose. But I'm going to keep on asking him. I'm going to pester him. I'm going to persevere. This is what I'm going to be asking God on your behalf for 2010. If you go to James, passage that we mentioned in James chapter 2, um, beginning in verse 14, that's not the one we're going to read, but it's no coincidence that this next passage that we're going to read in James chapter 5 is in the same letter. James James chapter 5 beginning in verse 14. The same letter as uh, James condemns this be ye warned and filled attitude. This, well I hope things go well for you but that's as far as my concern goes. In the same letter that James condemns that, he now teaches us the power of prayer beginning in verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the, na- in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now there's two points here. First of all, he's talking about the prayers of the righteous. He's talking about the prayers of those who are pleasing to him. He's talking about the prayers of those who have that relationship with him. He's talking about the prayers of those who have received the righteousness of Christ, as he teaches us about in Galatians. So first of all, we have to be, we have to live righteously. We have to make sure that we are in that position of righteousness so that our prayer can be heard because it is the prayer of the righteous that accomplishes much. Look at Psalm 66. The 66th Psalm, verse 16. Psalm writer here reinforces that teaching there. 66th Psalm, verse 16. Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell you of what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away from my prayer, nor has loving kindness from me. We can put ourselves in a position where God will not hear our prayer. He'll hear what we say. He knows everything that's going on. He'll hear the words. He will not hear in the sense that that the promise to answer applies. So the first point is that we have to be in that righteous position so that God will hear our prayer. But the second point is that prayer works and prayer works well. The prayer of the righteous 
accomplishes much. James says, not maybe, not might, not a little bit. The prayer of the righteous will work and it will work well. Now, it is good to know, all of those who wish me a happy new year, it's good to know that you wish me a happy new year for 2010. But it is amazing to know, or it would be, that you are conscientiously, decidedly, specifically praying for me in 2010. That's what will lift me. I appreciate your best wishes. But if you're praying for me in 2010, I feel good. I feel secure. I feel like things are going to go well. I feel like God is going to bless me. I know he's going to bless me. Every morning for the last few weeks, or every morning that we get together through the week, for the last few weeks, Graham and I have been spending some time in prayer. Every single morning, about 9.30 in the morning. And I want you to know that during those morning prayers, we pray for the people in this room, and some who are not, very specifically. We mention you by name. A couple of months ago it was by families or by groups, maybe for the young folk, maybe for the older ones, maybe for the congregation, maybe for evangelism. Lately it has been by name, I've already told some of, some of you this, individually, one person, every single day. I think it's appropriate that you know that. I think it's good that you know that. I hope, I, 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 I'm, I'm glad to be able to tell you that we do that. And I know that God will bless you because of it. But who do you focus on in your prayers? How often do we pray for one another in our personal prayers? We mentioned the sick and those who are struggling or those who have some need from the front. Perhaps they'll be included in in our public prayers if, if they've been mentioned before that prayer has been said. And maybe when some big situation comes up, Maybe when, maybe when someone in our family dies or when, when someone that we know is, is struggling badly with cancer or some other big disease. Maybe then we'll remember occasionally to, to pray for that person in our personal prayers. But what about just for each one of us every day? Or at least a few times a week. Just in the daily situations that we're going through. I don't have cancer. I've not lost anyone in my family recently. But I still have some things in my life that I would like you to pray for. Maybe I don't share them with you. I I, I don't share them with you. I I know that. But still, you know that I have difficulties. You know that I have struggles. You know that I have temptations and discouragements. You can be as specific as you know. How often do we do that? Or do we neglect it? I want you to do something this morning. And if you don't want to take part in this, don't. I don't want you to feel like you have to. Rocco, could you come and do this for me, please? Start at the back and pass those cards out. If you don't want to take a card, don't do it. David, could you give these pens out for anyone that needs? Okay, so I don't want you to feel any pressure. If you don't want to take a card, if you want to be exempt from this, that's fine. It's, uh, it's no big deal. Uh, if you do want to take a card, take it. Don't let anybody else see it. Take a pen if you need it. Uh, What I want you to do is check the card immediately and make sure it's not your own. Make sure it's not a card with your own name on it. Okay, don't let anybody else see it, John, no peeking. Alright. I can see everything up here. Okay, take a card. Now, what I want you to know is that because of these cards, everyone who's in here, that is uh, down to Jenny and Bethany of the youngest Okay, 
I'm only going down to there, okay? So everyone from that age up, because those are the ones that I'm hoping will have a chance in staying faithful with this. Someone will be praying for you. Don't let anybody else see it. Someone will be praying for you. Because they will have your card. But if you don't want to take part in this, don't take it. Because someone will also be counting on you to be praying for them. Not just now. I've got spare in my pocket, but I've only put in the basket the ones that are here. So Pauline's card's in my pocket. Okay. Alright. So someone will be praying for you, but someone will also be counting on you. What I want you to do with this card is put it somewhere noticeable, put it somewhere where you'll see it every now and again, hopefully every day, somewhere where you remember, maybe in your wallet or your purse or your bag or whatever. First of all, I want you to write on that card what your prayer, what your wish for that person is going to be for 2010. And I want you to be serious about it. And if, you're, if, you're, if the children are struggling, I want you to ask an adult quietly and calmly, go and ask an adult to help you with this. Okay? I want you to think about what you will pray for them. Not just what you wish. What you will pray for them for, about, in 2010. Now your name's out there. Someone has your name. Someone may know something about you that they'll be able to be very specific about that wish. Think about what you would like 2010 to bring for them. It might be something to do with a family. It might be something to do with their husband, their wife, their children. It might be something to do with their spirituality. It might be something to do with their relationship with God. You need a pen? You need a card? Huh? Anybody else need a pen? Okay. Might be something to do with uh, what you want for them spiritually, what you want to, what you want for them in regards to uh, their, their relationship with God, their relationship with the brethren. It could be anything like that. Friendships. Anything. Might be something to do with health. If it's been a bad year that way uh, for them in 2009. But I want you to think about it. And I want you to, and I want you to write it on both cards. And put one where, you, where you're going to see it regularly. And then keep the other one separate. And I'm going to ask Rocco to collect them back in. Right, okay. Now there's two left here, which means that, that there are a couple who didn't want to do it. And that's fine. But is there anyone willing to take... Oh, I've not got mine. Is there anyone willing to take two people? Okay. Elizabeth is first. You got two then. Okay. They're just new, so just it'll start if you just keep with it. If not, just come up and get one. You finished?
Okay? So keep one yourself. I'm going to ask Rock in a minute to, once Rock was finished, to go around and collect those. Everyone finished? Rock, what can you collect them in? The ones that are finished? Oh, and the paper clips. Go ahead and put the paper clips in there as well and being instructed. Oh, could you collect the pens in, please? Oh no, in fact, you can keep, you can keep the pens. Keep the pen. Now, if you would like to know what someone is praying for you for 2010, you can come see me later and I will give you the card. And you can keep the card as a reminder that someone will be praying for you in that way in 2010. Keep one, put one in. Keep one, put one in. Okay? If you don't want to know, that's right. We'll just uh, discard that card. But if you would like to know, you can come and get that card later. Hopefully nobody's put their name on it. Okay. About there. So do you want to keep your pen? Do you want to keep your pen? Eh? You don't want it? It's like it's there if you want it. Okay, how's it going? Almost finished? Keep one, put one in. and put one in, put the paper clip in. Right, thanks Rocco. Now some of these may be uh, a little personal and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read them out. But I'm, I'm gonna, I want to read out a couple that are, that may be appropriate. I want you to know what uh, some people are praying for this year. I'm going to pick out a few, and if they're appropriate, read the first ones that come up. Rocco, I don't know who's praying for you, but someone is praying that you become a Christian. 
in 2010. Okay? And I'm, I'm going to believe that they are committed to that, and they will be doing that uh, on a regular basis. All right? Joshua, someone's praying that everything will go well for you when you start high school, and that you'll be an example to your friends. Someone's going to be praying for that this year, before you even start high school. Someone's going to be praying for that. Okay? John, someone's, going to be, someone's praying that uh, in 2010 you enjoy better health. So we will expect less stomach problems and uh, all the other things that plague you. Someone's praying that those will, those will decline and go away. Megan Smith, someone is praying regularly for you that you will continue to grow in getting to know Jesus even better than you already are. Someone's going to be praying for you all, for that, all through this year for you. You can come and get that card and keep it if you want as a reminder. Jenny, someone is praying that you will keep on coming to Bible class and even be an example to your mum and dad. Okay? And Paolo, someone is praying that you grow in your relationship with God and become a Christian in 2010. That's all the ones I'm going to read you. The rest of you can come and get your cards and, and those that have read can come and get their cards if they would like to know. But I want us to be serious about this. There's a, a story that I found about uh, Luther, Martin Luther, and uh, he tells this story about when one day at the dinner table his puppy was sitting there, and those who have a dog will know what I'm talking about. His puppy was sitting there, just looking up, waiting for Luther to throw down some morsel of food, uh, some scrap of food that the puppy might enjoy. And this is what Luther said. Here's the puppy sitting there, motionless, with its eyes just staring at the piece of food, and you know, I can tell by the face, some of you know what I'm talking about. And Martin Luther said, oh, if I could only pray the way this dog watches the meat. All his thoughts are concentrated <laughs> on the piece of meat, and otherwise he has no thought, wish, or hope. In 2010, as we are praying for the ones that we love in this congregation specifically, let's pray like that. Let's be as serious as that. Let's pray with that kind of intensity. Let's pray with that kind of focus. I want you to know that the person who I'm praying for, I am resolved to make that person's 2010 a great year by asking Almighty God to make it so and by living my life in such a way to make sure that he hears me. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Never underestimate the power of prayer to an all-powerful God, because that's what we're talking about. And never neglect to pray for one another, as we've already read in James chapter 5, verse 16. E.M. Bounds says, What the church needs today is not more machinery, or better machinery, or new organizations, or more novel methods but men and women who the Holy Spirit can use, men and women who are mighty in prayer. Queen Mary said, I fear John Knox's prayers more than an army of 10,000 men. And Alfred Lord Tennyson said, More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. May it be that we are the ones 
that God uses because of our prayers. May it be that we are the ones that with that kind of influence that people put more stock in our prayers than all of the might or power of 10,000 armies, let alone 10,000 men. May it be that we are the ones who have that kind of impact and that kind of influence. May it be that we are the ones who take our dreams and wishes to God and let Him make them a reality. In 2008, we said, let this be the year of the Bible. Let this be the year where, as a congregation, we read through the entire Bible. Let's make 2010 not just a year of prayer, but a year of prayer for one another. Let's make it that way. I'm going to ask that you, you, you take the commitment that you've made to the person on your card seriously. That you pray for them through the week. But I'm also going to ask that we pray together for the person on your card every single first day of the week. We can call it what we will. Call it prayers for the brethren. Call it prayers of the church. Call it prayers of the righteous. Whatever we want. But I'm going to ask, I've not even mentioned it to Graham. I'm going to ask that every first day of the week, at some point in our worship, that we bow our heads silently and each individual prays for the person that they have on their card and pray specifically for the thing that they have said they're going to pray for. And if your prayer is answered and Rocco becomes a Christian or Paolo becomes a Christian or whatever it might be, then you can go in and pray that you can change it. We'll allow you to change it if the prayer is answered, obviously. But I'm going to ask that we do that every first day of the week. But I'm going to ask you to also do it through the week. You see, what we're talking about here is, uh, we would call, or if you looked up in a concordance or a topical Bible, it would be called prayers of intercession. Because we're interceding for someone. We're going to God in, in prayer, not on behalf of ourselves, but on behalf of someone else. We're asking on behalf of someone else. Perhaps the most well-known prayer of intercession in the world is in Numbers chapter 6. If you'll turn there with me just to finish off this morning. Numbers chapter 6. Verse 23 to 26. In fact, we'll begin verse 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and then I will bless them. We even sing that in a song. The Lord bless you and keep you. And God says, if you intercede for them in this way, I will bless them. It will be done. People of God, whatever it is you would like to see, for me in 2010 whatever it is you would wish for one another in 2010 don't just wish it don't just wish it for me pray it for me and I will for you and before Ronnie leads us in the song that he's chosen to follow this lesson I'm going to ask that we begin by this morning bowing our heads in about a minute's worth of silent prayer, Ronnie, and then just come up, come up uh, after that and pray for that person that you've committed yourself to for 2010.